The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. In the pools. Go for the ooze. And the oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome to another edition of Football 24-7. He's John McMullen, and I am your humble host, Tone DeShields II. First and foremost, you guys, thank you for locking in on, on the content today. You guys have been spectacular. As you already know, I'm behind the scenes looking at everything. I'm always locked in on the numbers and the analytics and the clicks and all that kind of jargon. And I got to be honest, you guys have been spectacular. And none of it is possible without you guys, of course, but also none of it is possible without the amazing team at Kip. Shout out to John McMullen, who's always, you know, our guy who keeps boots on the ground, making sure we're always locked in on what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing, good and bad. And, you know, there, you know, there was a lot of bad for some guys, but there was also a lot of good for the team in general. And, John, you know, before we get too deep into the content, I have to ask, how are you feeling today, my man? Doing well. Doing well. It's finally here. We're finally at the initial 53, which is exciting. Uh, more moves to be made, though. Trust me on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there were, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny about the initial 53-man roster thing because you made it clear, like, during during one of your Birds 365 uh, episodes, you said the 53-man roster that we see today, nine times out of ten, it won't be the 53-man roster you'll see on game day against the, the Detroit Lions at Ford Field. I'm going to go ten times out of ten, hundred <laughs> percent. There, this will not be the group uh, that that will be the 53 man roster in in Detroit. Even if it's just uh, Josh Job going on short term IR, Josiah Scott's a possibility for that as well. Um, even if there's no other moves, and I think there'll be other moves, but. Those guys, it's especially Josh, he's he's pretty much gonna go on short term IR. So yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be changes. Yeah, you know, I wanna go through the 53 man roster with you really quickly. And you know, I want to just get your thoughts on how they how they decided to construct this. So starting with the quarterbacks, obviously they kept Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. Um, were you surprised that they didn't keep three quarterbacks? 
Uh, no. Uh, in my 53-man roster prediction, which I lost uh, by one to Jimmy Kemsky. So hey, let me guess, Jaquaski chart, was that the one that uh, did it for you? Jaquaski <laughs> was the one who did it. I That was my swing. If I got Jaquaski, <laughs> I would have won the whole thing. Oh, uh, man. You know, you got to swing for the fences in these things if you, if you want to win. Um, but I came up one short. Um, and, yeah, I mean – it was pretty clear after he started. Uh, after he started uh, 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 well, Reed Sinet kind of uh, fell off a table late. And remember, and I asked Howie Roseman about this, and he didn't give me a great answer. But that the rules have changed over the past couple of years to where um, there's a larger practice squad, sixteen men. Um, you can put veterans on the practice squad now up to six. Um, the, the injured reserve rules are much more liberal. Uh, you, you used to be, you know, years ago, if you're placed on injured reserve, you're done. You're done for the season. Now you can come back after four games and you can bring as many people back as you want. Um, so all these things have made it easier to manipulate things. And, 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 and that's why I say, you know, I hate when people call it the final 53, that's my pet peeve. It's the initial 53 and it's going to change many, many, many times. And it's going to change, as we said before week one in Detroit. Um, so, um, was not surprised that two quarterbacks, not surprised that three running backs, um, Jason Huntley didn't do enough to make this team. Got all the wide receivers right. Thought they were going to keep five. They kept five. That was about if they were going to be able to trade Jalen Rager. They did not trade Jalen Rager. Um, so he's here, and he'll be that that fifth receiver, plus he'll be a, a big impact on the return game. Unless they can get something done, you can still trade. Uh, uh, you know, before that happens and before that's situated, the, the 53-man in week one. So – Tight end um, went the way I expected. Offensive line got nine out of ten, so that hurt as well. <clears throat> missed Josh Sills. Everybody missed Josh Sills. Not really? one beat reporter got Josh Sills. I had Jack Anderson. So that was a Jeff Stoutland move, so thanks, Jeff. You screwed me there. Um, Josh, Josh Sills makes the uh, 53-man roster, and that was interesting because uh, three – undrafted guys made the 53 josh sills josh job and, and reed blankenship so that was a little bit of a surprise i mean that speaks to jeff stoutland's coaching ability well jeff's got a lot of power in the organization and if he wants to keep a guy he can keep a guy so i i think you know josh sills earned his respect when um uh jordan mylotta and andre dillard we're both down at the exact same time with concussions and Josh Sills was forced to play left tackle and he's not uh, obviously a natural left tackle. And I think he earned a lot of respect for doing that and really holding up. Okay. Um, and if, if Jeff likes you, man, he's gonna, he's gonna pound the table for you. And he might be the most powerful, not might be, he might be the most powerful assistant coach on this team. Um, 
And what he says, especially with his success, it holds a lot of weight. Yeah, so I'm curious. Um, you know, we, we, we discussed quarterback, wide receivers, tight ends uh, for a bit, offensive line. Um, it's funny because you mentioned, um, and I'm going to make sure this was you, you did mention that they were going to keep 10 offensive linemen, right? Yes, yes. But Josh Sills had, wasn't the one that you thought he would No, I had Jack Anderson instead of uh, Josh Sills. So I thought Jack Anderson's uh, versatility um, would win out. Um, and he played well. And they'll probably try to get him back on the practice squad, and we'll see if they can get him through waivers. Um, I do think other teams are, are – are, are, going to look at Eagles backup offensive linemen more than most because of Jeff's reputation. Um, so ultimately he might be back just on the practice squad. And that's what I said, the, the strategy in those types of things. You mentioned Jalen Rager not too long ago. They weren't able to facilitate a trade. I'm curious to know <clears throat> what's your overall pro projection for Jalen Rager's future. Um, do you anticipate him being here week one? Uh, do you think they're going to be able to find a find a place for him? Uh, and also, they lost out on guys like Deion Kane and Devin Allen. Now, I know you're not the highest on Devin Allen, but Deion Kane specifically, you know, Deion Kane clearly outplayed Jalen Rager throughout the entire, you know, uh, preseason. And you know, I, I just I just want to get your overall assessment of that situation and also your projection on Jalen Rigger's future in Philadelphia? Um, I, I I still think, you know, the best case scenario for both sides would be a change of scenery. Um, but, um, look, Jalen's got more talent than Deion Kane, and it's not particularly close. So the Eagles were um, – they were not going to release him because it was too much of a detriment from a salary cap standpoint. Would have been over $7 million. Um they probably, not probably, uh, Howie wanted something of value in return, maybe asking for a little bit too much, especially at this time. Because, you know, guys are on the uh, uh, um, waiver wire. You know, you, so you look in Tampa Bay, somebody like Tyler Johnson, he goes on waivers. Well, you know, if you can go get Tyler Johnson on waivers, why are you, you going to worry about trading something for Jalen Rager? So... Um, and, and there's more than just that, but I think from the Eagle standpoint, I've said this pretty consistently. If you're on the fifth, if you're a fifth or a sixth wide receiver, if they kept six, you got to help on special teams. And Dion doesn't play special teams and Jalen's a kick returner and a punt returner. Um, so that's a big part of it as well, but. Yeah, I mean, he probably wouldn't be here if he, unless he was a first-round pick, and he was a first-round pick, and it's not going to work here. Um, the, the only way he's going to get an opportunity is if there's massive, massive injuries. Uh, and I'm not only talking about A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins as well, and Zach Pascal as well. So um, he's a fifth wide receiver, and it's probably not the best situation for both sides, but – if you can't get something, um, he's going to be there. And they need a punt returner. I mean, they don't have they don't have anybody else. Uh, Greg Ward's gone. Uh, Britton Covey didn't deserve to make this team. Um, Britton Covey, sorry, keep calling him Covey. Uh, Britton Covey. Um, 
So, I mean, it's it's an issue for the Eagles, and he's their best uh, punt returner. You know, going you know, let's go let's go down the list some more of uh, players that did make the roster. So let's transition to the defense side of the ball, uh, defensive line. Uh, who did you have making it, and how did it turn out exactly? Well, I, I had uh, five uh, defensive ends making it, and that would be uh, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. Um, um, excuse me, four defensive ends: Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett. And Teron Jackson, that's how it shook out. I had five um, uh, defensive tackles making it. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Davon Hargrave, uh, Jordan Davis, um, uh, Milton Williams, and Marlon Tui Pelotu, and that's how it shook out. So um, the defensive line was pretty easy um, to figure who was going to make this team. And, you know, the one guy who probably should be an NFL player, should be on a roster, is Marvin Wilson. Um, really talented guy, but it was a numbers game for him. And the Eagles will hope to to get him on the practice squad, and we'll see if if that works out tomorrow. Now, linebackers, you know, one name that did surprise me a little bit, and I was pulling for this kid was Kyron Johnson. He did make the roster. Um, you know, same thing with the defensive line. You know, can you speak on uh, who you projected <clears throat> who you projected to make the linebacker room, and uh, who actually ended up making it? Um, boy, it bothers me the way the Eagles do this. First of all, <laughs> I call them overhang players. Okay. Um, and that's uh, Hassan Reddick, Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson. Um, they all made the team. That's who I projected. Uh, all Paul linebacker. Um, also projected TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, um, Nicobe Dean, uh, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley. So, um, that was another position that was pretty locked in. Um, no surprises. Um, the the surprises came in the secondary, starting with uh-huh. uh, starting with the trade um, and Anthony Harris not being there, um, and also Reed Blankenship making the team uh, as an undrafted free agent. Didn't see that coming. Um, well, you said they always keep one. They always- yeah, but they kept three. They oh. kept three. They okay. kept Josh Job. They kept, uh, and I had him keeping Josh. Um, they kept Reed Blankenship, and and they kept Josh Sills. So that's what kind of sunk me. Josh Job, the Joshes, Josh Job, uh, <laughs> Josh Sills, plus the Anthony Harris trade. Yeah, uh, Anthony Harris, not the Anthony Harris trade, the, the trade cut. that got Correct. Anthony Harris cut. That one kind of surprised me. You know, the safety room is right now Reed Blankenship, Marcus Epps, um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and we're going to get into that as well. Um, And Kevon Wallace, someone who I thought shouldn't be on his roster at this point, if I'm being completely honest. But Yeah, I'm with you. He shouldn't have made this team. I'm going to get you to get your thoughts on that, but also cutting Anthony Harris. I mean, make it make sense for the people. Um, it, well, it makes perfect sense. I, I mentioned this really going back to the spring. Um, and I said it not only about Anthony Harris, but also, uh, Chikwaski Tart, um, both of them, it was, you know, there was a chance that they were going to start for this team. Right. And there was a chance that they were going to be cut because if they're not starters, um, it was going to be difficult to keep them because they don't help on special teams. So, um, and that's exactly how it shook out. Tart 
didn't didn't win the starting job. They cut him. Anthony Harris was going to be the starter, was going to be the starting safety. And I was talking to somebody from the team today, uh, and the Eagles would have been comfortable with that. Uh, but they were able to get an upgrade in their mind. They were able to get younger, faster, uh, more athletic, um, and they pencil in uh, Chauncey uh, to be a starter. And once you do that, that's why Anthony Harris was was released. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, former Saints DB, uh, a tweener between safety and nickel. Can you give us the details on this trade, how this trade came about, um, the chess pieces that were moved, and just what your overall expectations are for his impact? I know you mentioned speed and they got younger, but um, can you expand on that and elaborate just on the details surrounding this entire move? Because no <laughs> one saw this coming. I mean, we knew they needed a, a safety, right? Well, we knew that, yeah, we knew, we knew they needed a safety. The problem is they didn't trade for a safety. They traded for a nickel corner who they're going to turn into a safety. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit unconventional. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised people are so excited about this trade, to be honest. Um, a couple <laughs> things. Here goes Cynical John. Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, he's played 80 snaps in his entire career at safety. Number one. Um, number two, they traded a fifth round pick in 2023 and a sixth round pick in 2024. I mean, this isn't um, Marcus Williams, who they tried to sign in free agency for $13 million a year and got outbid. Right. Um, this is a young player that they think can project to safety, but he's never played safety. He um, hasn't been here, so he's got to learn the whole system, and he's got less than – uh, two weeks to the to the opener in Detroit. I you know they got younger, they got more athletic, and they got more speed. Um, that's fair to say. So they got better from a trait standpoint. But I can tell you, Anthony Harris knows how to play safety. He knows how to play safety in this defense. He knows how to line up. He knows all those little things. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson doesn't have that kind of savvy playing the position. Now, you know, maybe it works out, but I I got the feeling like people were spiking the football about this, and I'm like, oh, you might want to wait and see I mean, how this looks. You bring, up a, you bring up an interesting point. They essentially traded experience – or not traded experience, but they essentially got rid of experience for youth and fire and, you know, uh, what they anticipate this guy to be, right, projection. And I'm curious to know, what do you think goes into a decision like that? How does, how does, a, how does a team move on from a guy who clearly knows the system, who knows how to play the position fairly well? Um, I guess a, a guy like that you consider to be old reliable, right? Um, he – doesn't really make too many yeah, mistakes. Yeah, he's an average player. I yeah. mean, he was uh, earlier in his career. was a great player, but he's not that anymore. Um, and he is over 30. So you do 
tend to continue to descend at that point. You're not going to go back to what you were. Um, so I get it from that standpoint. And the Eagles have been trying to get an upgraded safety throughout the offseason. I mentioned Marcus Williams. Um, they kicked the tires on Honey Badger. They, they've been looking stealth, you know, as I think Albert Prio said, stealthy looking for a safety, but wasn't stealthy. We've been writing about it for months. They've been looking for a stinking safety. Uh, they signed Jaquaski Tart. Um, they knew they needed an upgraded safety. They weren't able to do it. You can't get everything. They got Jordan Davis for the interior line. They got Hassan Reddick as an edge rusher. They got Kaiser White as a coverage linebacker. They got James Bradbury at corner. They were able to do all these things. You can't do everything. So now you're at the end of the process, and you got to start thinking outside the box. So I'll give them credit. You know, we're all looking at safeties. We're all saying, well, maybe they can get Chuck Clark. Maybe they can get this guy. Maybe they can get that guy. We weren't looking at nickel corners to play safety. So I give them credit for thinking outside the box. And if it works, great. But he played nine reps at safety last year. Nine. He, he played 477 in the slot. You know, I, I don't know if he can play safety. I know Anthony Harris can play safety. So that begs the question. Is there a chance, and me personally, I'll be against this, but is there a chance they even consider moving Avante Maddox to safety? He has experience doing that, and, you know, they've thought about it before. No, uh, he did that under Jim Swartz. Uh, unless Jonathan Gannon is flat out lying to me, uh, <laughs> he said he's not moving Avante Maddox. A um, couple things there. I, you know, I, Avante was forced into playing safety as a rookie um, because of injuries. And it was sort of like what I just said about Josh Sills. Um, you know, he deserves a lot of credit for doing something he's never done before and really working at it. But there's this sort of revisionist history that he played well at safety as a rookie. He didn't play well. He, he fought and he scratched and it was better than it probably should have been. Um, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. But I, 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 I see this narrative of he played well at safety. He didn't play well at safety. Um, and he plays really, really well in slot corner. Now, Jonathan Gannon also, you know, says in his scheme, slot and safety kind of mirror each other at times. Um, but make no mistake, the plan here is for Chauncey to play safety. That's what he's coming here for. That's what he's going to do. Now, if he fails, then you have to figure something out. So it might be Josiah Scott when he gets healthy. It might be Avante Maddox at that point. But Jonathan Gannett to this point has been steadfast. He is not moving Avante Maddox. You know, this, you know, this guy, Char uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he, he plays the game where Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. 
break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. A lot of juice, you know, I've, you know, I looked up some tape on him, you know, some highlights and everything. And yeah, yelling you know, at Tom he, Brady. <laughs> he plays the game with a lot of juice. He's out here yelling at Tom Brady. I think that's the game he picked him off like twice or something. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing you, that's the kind of badge of honor you would definitely wear uh, on, on, you know, on Sunday and any given day, right? But, you know, he plays the game with a lot of swagger, a lot of juice. He brings a, a, a ferocity to this uh, to this team that that maybe was missing a little bit. I know you have guys like Darius Slay who plays with a, plays with a swagger, but you know, missing BG last year, they missed that 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 high energy guy, that guy that's going to uh, continuously talk and keep you engaged. Um, Gardner's young, um, but he struck me as someone who's always engaged in the game. A guy who, like I said, plays a game with a lot of swagger, a lot of juice, and I'm just really curious, how does Harry Roseman? keep doing this he finds ways these unique ways to wheel and deal he flips jj thicker white side for a couple picks then he then he flips those picks uh well i'm sorry he flips jj thicker white side for a player then he flips that player for picks and then he flips those picks for for this kid uh, uh cj garner johnson like what's you know please try to take me behind the mask right you know what's the method behind how he's madness how does he keep doing this well he's a good gm i mean a lot of Eagles fans don't like that, but he is. He's good at his job. Um, you know, when, from that standpoint, being being able to flip things, as you mentioned, um, for somebody like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and turning it into something of potential value, whether it was Ugo Amadi, which didn't work out, and he flips that, and you get some of the picks to, to, to be able to get uh, – Chauncey Gardner Johnson, it it you know, it, it's it's what he does. He he usually creates, uh, he usually wins value uh, trades from a value standpoint. Um, but ultimately, it's great to win to win trades. You know, Sixer fans know Sam Henke was obsessed with winning trades from a value standpoint. Well, you know, that's great, but. It all comes down to the player. Is the player going to play well? If the player plays well, it's a good trade. You know, you can look back at it and be esoteric and say, well, that's great value. Yeah, it is, but that doesn't matter on the field. That doesn't matter on the field. The player's got to come through. And Jody and I talked about it with Chikwaski Tart when we had these people um, – you know, saying he's the best safety on the Eagles and blah, blah, blah. And we said, you know, be very, very careful because nobody knows Jaquaski Tart better than the San Francisco 49ers. And they didn't want him. Um, nobody knows Chauncey Gardner-Johnson better than the New Orleans Saints. And it's not to the point that they, they didn't want him, but because of his contract demands, um, they gave him up for a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick. Hmm. I mean, just temper those expectations. Hmm. You bring up a good point, but you know, there's, 
there's something different about Howie this year. I mean, I don't know. This has been one of his most active off seasons that we've seen in a long time, but it's not just about the activity for me. It's the decision-making it's the, the patience he's been exercising. Um, it's the pieces he's decided to bring in and the yeah. fact that, and the fact that they fit, do you sense a different air about Harry Roseman? Um, and I also want to take it a step further with you. I mean, since parting ways with Doug Peterson, has his decision-making shift shifted since then? Does he have a chip on his shoulder because he wants to prove something? No, I I don't think I you know how he would have kept Doug Peterson. Um, he um, you know decision-making shifts um, with the coaching staff because you want to get players for a particular coaching staff. So from that standpoint. You know, he wants to get players that fit into what Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon wants. Um, And that might be different than Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz. So um, from that standpoint, it changes. Um, Does he have a chip on his shoulder? Probably the chip comes from people who think he's a bad GM. And there's plenty of people in Philadelphia. I get yelled at. You can imagine the vitriol he gets. I get yelled at for saying he's a good GM. Um, so, you know, if you watched All or Nothing when the Eagles were on, Howie's got the darkest tint on his car because he can't drive around without people cursing at him. Um, and he knows the passion of, of Eagles fans. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's unrealistic. And you see it today because, you know, Today, he's being lauded um, for for getting a player that, you know, not a lot of these fans that are lauding him know that much about, to be honest. But for whatever reason, um, they've latched onto it and think they've gotten the next Malcolm Jenkins, which they have not. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Um yeah, I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm you know I know people are going to get mad at me for this, but temper those expectations. You might see Kayvon Wallace week one in Detroit. <laughs> oh God! Oh man, if he plays the way he I mean, look, it's Terry Hill, but if he allows that to happen, if, if he allows DJ Chark to burn him, if he allows Amon St. Rod to embarrass him, if he's out there, of course, I might I might lose my damn mind, John. Honestly, like Kayvon Wallace has. And look, I'm, I'm I'm very big on you know respecting players because they're people at the end of the day. But Kevon Wallace ultimately has been a disappointment, and you can't help. Yeah, I mean, I you know I don't care about losing a foot race to Tyree Kill, but um, yeah, I mean he's been a disappointment. I don't think he deserved to make this team. Maybe it's Reed Blankenship. Maybe you're starting an undrafted free agent, or maybe Chauncey gets up to speed and. Uh, a week of, of practice because that's what he's going to get. Um, but in a lot of ways that's putting him behind the eight ball because you have these big expectations, right? right. You see how everybody is excited today, Tom. Well, you're throwing him out there in a week with these expectations. And what if he does get beat a couple times by a, a, a team that people think is, is really bad? 
Listen to my partner, Jody Mack. They're Tell not that bad. They're Tell getting better, and they're getting better. And Frank Ragnow's back, and Panay Sewell's uh, now in the second year. Taylor Decker's back. And, you know, Jameson, luckily, Jameson Williams isn't going to be there. But they're not a great team, but they're going to be better than the team that the Eagles saw last year. Definitely. And they're going to be hyped up. And Howie even said that. They're going to be hyped up week one. Um, you're putting them in that environment with a week of practice? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I tell people all the time, this Detroit Lions team there, there's some, like I said, there's something going on over there in Detroit that Dan Campbell's brewing, and you you, you, you can't ignore it um, at this point. But, you know, this Eagles roster, you know, you, you have to ask with all the moves they made, Kaiser White, Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean, um, you know, James Bradbury, bringing in A.J. Brown, you know, you, you uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson. You know, you think about all the moves he's made and then you think about his, you know, his, his, his draft history these past few years. Have the Eagles finally constructed the closest thing to a complete roster on paper at the very least? And if not, what are the glaring weaknesses to you? Uh, they have a good roster. Um, I think it's top 10 um, on paper. Uh, they have a lot of good players. Um, depth is shaky at certain positions, running back, tight end, safety. Um, so there's some holes. Um, but everybody's got holes, even the best teams. So um, I, I think this is – this is a better roster at the beginning of the season than Super Bowl season on really? paper. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a better roster at the end of the season. Uh, it's changed. Yeah. You know, at this time that year, we were talking about Patrick Robinson. Like, how is this guy still on the team? How is this guy still on? And you said such a terrible training camp. And then they move him from outside corner to slot, and he turns into the best slot corner in the NFL that season. The best, number one. Um, nobody saw that coming, and if they did, they're lying to you, uh, especially seeing him at practice every day. Um, so, you know, things fell into place. Um, we'll see if things fall into place. But there's certain issues, and obviously, you know, the quarterback – we we still have to see it. Um, I I do not like uh, the running game, uh, not the running game, the running back situation right now. Yeah, you expect um, them to have four running backs, right? Because you the way you see it, seventeen game season, you got to have some depth there. No, well, I expected him to cut down the three, but I expect okay. him to bring a fourth one because Jason Huntley was not, you know worthy of banking this roster, nor was Kennedy Brooks. I expect them to get a fourth running back at some point, um, and we'll see how that shakes out. Um, tight end, I mean, it is a cliff from um, Dallas Goddard down to Jack Stoll. Uh, that is that is a major, major drop-off. They have really good depth on the offensive line, really good depth on the defensive line. Corners, another position. Great starters. Great, great starters. Um, depth. I mean, they they got issues. 
if any of those guys go down. Uh, probably they could cobble things together at nickel because they have so many guys. But outside, if Bradbury or Slay go down, mm-mm. Zach McPherson, not ready. Josh Job, not ready, not healthy. Um, so they have issues from a depth st- standpoint there as well. But nobody, I mean, their their starters are really, really good. Really, really good. So what potential moves do you anticipate to be on the horizon? I mean, typically these teams, they they cut guys and, you know, they make these sideline deals, these, you know, these wink-wink deals saying, hey, listen, you know, don't don't move out the city yet. We're going, we're going to try to bring you back if you, you know, if, if you clear waivers. Um, are there any potential names um, that you see this team targeting maybe in the trade market for a running back? I know um, there are plenty of guys that are on the block. Um, there are guys that, got, that have been cut. Um, are there any players that were on this team that you anticipate the clear waivers that the Eagles may want to try to bring back? You know, just what potential moves do you think are on the horizon for this oh, team? Oh, they're going to bring a, a lot of people back on the practice squad. The vast majority of the 16 on the practice squad are going to be guys who just got cut. Um, most of them are going to get through waivers. Um, Marvin Wilson, that's the guy we'd keep an eye on because if anybody's been paying attention, as I said, that guy, that guy's an NFL player. Um, they just didn't have room for him. So I could see somebody picking him up. Um, but as far as, you know, the vast majority of the Eagles practice squad is going to be made up of the people they just cut. That's the way it works in every NFL city. Um, as far as actual 53, if they can find a running back, they'll probably try to get a running back. But that's, you know, they don't want to trade for one. Alexander Madison is was the big name at the cutdown because uh, he's stuck behind Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, he's going to leave. Uh, he's on the last year of his deal. They also have tremendous depth. Uh, so they can afford to lose him. But they were asking for a third round pick at worst, a conditional four. the Eagles aren't going to pay that for a running back. Right. They just don't value that position. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit because he's a powerful downhill runner. Um, and that's exactly what they need. They're going to have to find that somewhere else. Um, and it might be the practice squad. You might wait and wait and wait and then bring them up when you need them. And that's what I was talking about, that strategy. It's different today. So people talk about the 53, but Doug was really the first to talk about this. It's really, and now it's really 69, and with the Eagles, 70, because they have Matt Leo, and there's a 100th year in the International Pathway Program. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have uh, a lot of people back that they just cut, right. and – They'll continue to try to develop those players, but practice squad players are practice squad players. So, you know, they they could use real tangible help at running back, at tight end, backup corner, backup safety, but you can't have everything. You can't have everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, final question, but it's a two-parter. How do the Eagles roster 
how does their Eagles current roster currently, as it stands, the initial 53-man roster, how does this team, from a talent perspective, on paper, of course, because that's all we have to go off of right now, how does this roster, A, stack up against their NFC East rivals and also all these moves that have been made, especially the latest to bring in uh, Gardner Johnson, how do these moves reflect how the organization sees Jalen Hurts? Because to me, based on all these moves, they, they, they appear to be all into me. Yeah, uh, they think they're a contender. Um, are they? I don't know if it says anything about Jalen Hurts other than they want Jalen Hurts to prove that they're a contender. Um, but it's a real contender. Um, but it, it's a wait and see approach for them, just like it is for every, everybody else. They think he's improved. Um, they think he's got a chance to be a really good quarterback. But I always say, you know, don't listen to what a, a team says. Watch what they do. And I said that about safety with Marcus Williams. I say it at quarterback. You know, I'm not the one who called asking about Deshaun Watson. I'm not the one who called asking about Russell Wilson. They did. So fans can get angry about that. But they were open to getting a clearly better quarterback. And when you don't have doubts, you're not open to that. It's kind of simple. So the NFC East, how does this roster stack up? It's the best roster in the NFC East. Um, especially now that Dallas lost uh, Tyron Smith. Um, they're not the same team without him. It, you know, he's been banged up. That's an all-decade player. That's a Hall of Fame player. Now, he's been banged up um, the last two years. He's missed about 20 games. And when he's not on the field versus when he is on the field, the numbers are just astronomical. Uh, of, of of the Cowboys' offense efficiency, efficiency going down, um, and he's gone, and he's probably gone for the year. And they're going to start a rookie, their rookie first-round pick, who they probably overdrafted. That injury alone shifts. I have the Cowboys as a slight favorite, very, very slight favorite, um, over the Eagles, that has now tilted uh, the Eagles' way because of that injury. Well, uh, listen, you guys heard it here first. Look, if you ask me, it'll be a sin if this, if this Philadelphia Eagles team doesn't win with the way this roster has been constructed. Um, Harry Rosen's made a lot of moves to make this team competitive, to make them a contender, but it's always going to hinge on whether or not the quarterback position is shored up. And, yes, Jalen Hurts is the guy for now. But it's going to be imperative for him to take advantage of every opportunity that not only his offense can create for him, but also this defense can create. And I think this defense has a lot of talent on it where you can force turnovers, you can force a lot of three and outs, but it's going to come down to Jonathan Gannon executing and putting these guys in the best possible position to succeed. John, always grateful to you for always providing your objective, very straightforward, no chaser unbiased opinion my man always grateful to you 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 never pull your punches and philadelphia 
doesn't realize the treasure they have in you, my man. <laughs> uh, yeah, they certainly don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But you guys were locked in on Football 24-7. Make sure you guys continue to smash that like button. Jacob Sports has been on fire today. And it's all because of you guys. I've been behind the scenes keeping track of everything. Me and Xander are locked in, and you guys have been spectacular. Do not take it for granted, and we do not take it for granted as well. We're going to continue to give you guys that hot fire. We're going to continue to give you guys dope content like Football 24-7, like Good Morning NFC East with Jeff, Jeff Kerr, Birds 365 with John McMullen and Joey McDonald, the Football Playbook with Rick Serratella. Also, prayers to Rick Serratella and his family. They're going through a turbulent time right now, and I hope all is well on the home front. Also, shout-out to the Sports Take guys, um, Bear Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Also, most importantly and most notably, you guys, the new Jacob Sports postgame show, the hottest postgame show that's going to be coming to the Atlantic City area, but it's going to be covering your Philadelphia Eagles. Look, you guys, you don't want to miss this. Derek Gunn, Mike Missinelli, Seth Joyner, the lovely Devin Caney. This lineup is stacked. Just think about the, the, the type of insight you're going to get from these guys. Just think about the type of analysis and passion you're going to get from guys like Seth Jordan and Mike Missinelli. And then Devin Kane is going to have a hard job trying to, you know, manage these guys and keep these, keep these guys in check. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an electric affair. If you guys want to watch this yeah. post game show in person, Devin will just chug a beer. Trust me. <laughs> hey, listen, Devin's always at, Devin's always at those Philly games. You always catch a beer in hand, right? <laughs> Oh, man. But shout out to those guys, man, for being awesome, awesome at their craft and for always being class X. If you guys want to watch this postgame show in person, you guys are able to go check it out at Ocean Casino Resort at their new sports book, The Gallery. That's located in Atlantic City. You do not want to miss this, man. You guys can place all your sports bets, get good food, get good drinks, and you'll be able to catch the livest, the most spectacular postgame show in the city of Philadelphia. This will be the biggest postgame show to ever grace Philadelphia, you guys. So make sure you guys are locked in. Like I said, Seth Joyner, Mike Missinelli, Derek Gunn, and Devin Caney. You guys, you guys can also live stream this on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, and it will also be available on 6abc.com. But I'll leave it at that, you guys. You guys were locked in on Football 24-7 with John McMullen. And I am your humble host, Tony DeSales II. One love, stay humble, stay healthy, and most importantly, stay hungry, you guys. Take care. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.